0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Bear Share Show. This is your host, Andre Matoyer, and welcome to Season 2 of the show. Um, If you haven't noticed, we're doing things a little bit different this time. We're doing both audio and video. Woo! And to help me out is my really good friend, Mr. Jake Briscoe. You might remember him from Episode 13 last season. Um, We are working together this time to just try to make Season 2 better and enhance it. This has been... Uh, really fun learning experience in season one. Thank you once again for all of your support. And I really look forward to season two, just upping the ante, talking about more topics, and getting more people interested. Um, it's been a pretty good success so far, and I really hope to learn more and to grow it. So thank you so much, Jake, for helping out. Of course. So with that, um, I wanted to bring you on for my Season 2 premiere because, you know, A, you're helping me. A, you're here, which is really convenient. um, And uh, also to talk about something that me and you have talked a lot about in private. And it's something very personal to you and something that you're still dealing with. And that is the topic of um, long-distance relationships. Uh, so... Yeah. For those that don't know, um, you know, a lot of people think, because Jake and I hang out a lot, that we're dating, and we've talked about it, you know, there's definitely something there, but I think, you know, for the moment, it's, uh, you know, not on the cards, and that's fine because of your most recent experience, so why don't you go ahead and elaborate on that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Uh, so, as the um, title of this episode says, this is, topic is over long-distance relationships, um, which I was involved in for about four years, um, and uh, last May that ended, uh, thanks mostly in part to COVID, of course. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I I thought it would be an interesting topic when you brought it up to me, um, and... I'm okay with hopping on here and maybe giving some advice to people that either have thought about long-distance relationships and have thought, no, I can't do that, or people that are currently in them right now and uh, may find that the current state of the world makes things very difficult for them. So I'm happy to provide a little bit of insight. If I if I can help in any way, I'm happy to. So, yeah.
0: All right. So to get started, Mr. Briscoe, um, what is a long distance relationship. Like what is that and how do you personally define it?
1: Uh, I mean, a long distance relationship can be a lot of things to a lot of people, but, um, you know, I, I guess the basic definition of that would just be, you know, two people that are separated by a considerable amount of distance trying to make a relationship work. Uh, I would have to say that they require, you know, a huge amount of straightforward communication. Um, you have to establish a lot of boundaries. Um, the right amount of communication is hard enough in relationships that are not uh, long distance. So I think that's a huge hurdle that a lot of people uh, stumble with in relationships are. I think they underestimate the amount of communication that's actually involved in these relationships and willing to be open and vulnerable and willing to, you know, sometimes sit when you have nothing to say and make the phone call and keep it fun and exciting and interesting. Um, You know, you're building memories with somebody when you're together very differently than you're building those memories with somebody that is, you know, a long, a long ways away from you every single day with somebody that's in a relationship that's close to them um you know they see that person every day they have those in and out experiences and you know that tends to be lacking in long distance of course um but you can still build you can still build memories you can still build trust you know um i think one of the the biggest benefits actually is that it doesn't lose its uh it doesn't lose its shiny new flavor or whatever you want to say. I'm trying to think of the term
0: yeah, I mean, I like that you're talking more about the positives of long distance relationships. I get shit a lot, and my Phoenix friend sees me all the time for constantly like meeting guys in other cities and then wondering why that doesn't work out. <laughs> they're like you keep doing this. Um, You know, isn't there anyone in Phoenix? That's great. And this is not a knock on Phoenix, but I just think that, you know, in our community, there's only so much of us, right? Like bears especially. And that's just who I tend to like. Um, we're a subgroup of a subgroup. So just naturally, there's just less of us. And I think it's foolish to say, okay, I'm only going to limit myself to a certain area. You have to broaden your horizons you know, like you, you just have to, um, it, that's just how it is. And I've met some great people along the way and, you know, I'm willing to give that a shot. So I do respect that you're going the more positive route of long distance relationships, even though you've had, you know, maybe not the best outcome most recently, but still, um, yeah, I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, Look, here's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and say that long distance relationships aren't scary. They're not intimidating and that they don't require uh, a different mindset than a regular relationship or that it's, uh, it's not just as much work because it's definitely more work. And a lot of the, uh, in a lot of different ways, you know, it's a lot more, uh, internal work, I think, for people because you're going to be facing a lot more of your own insecurities and, a long distance relationship. Um, you know, there's obviously always the question of, you know, are you afraid that they're going to cheat? Are you afraid that they're going to fall out of love with you? Are they, you know, are you afraid that, you know, they're just going to find someone in their own city and uh, run off with them? And of course, all of those answers are, yeah, that does come up. Of course it comes up. Everybody in a long distance relationship, I think, for any considerable amount of time has had those thoughts. And even my relationship, which was, I mean, just the most wonderful time of my life. um, And I just, I I look back on that relationship with so much joy and respect and love and and fondness for it. um, You know, I obviously had those feelings at times. But the difference is, is that when you find somebody that's truly worth investing that kind of commitment into, I think a lot of us are able to sort of overcome those insecurities because you have to. If you want to make it work, you're going to have to face your own negative self thoughts and say, hey, look, that can happen, but I'm going to be vulnerable in this moment and I'm going to allow myself the possibility that this is going to be it. And I did that and you know, a lot of people might say, well, your relationship failed because it was four years. And I say to that, no, it didn't fail. I had a very successful four year relationship. Um, My biggest issue obviously, or our biggest issue was not necessarily the distance itself, but one, we had to spend 11 months without being able to see each other. I got very, very lucky. That I got into the UK in 2020, like four days before their border closed um, and got to spend three weeks with him. And then we went 11 months and um, they started to ease restrictions. And and then I saw him in May and that obviously put a huge toll on our relationship, a huge strain. Um, And then, you know, money is also an issue, too. You know, he lives in. He doesn't live in, you know, the next state over or the next city over. He lives in another country, which adds a whole other layer of uh, problem to it. And and one of those is money. It's very expensive to, um, you know, if you want to see each other every, say, two months, like we did, six weeks to two months. um, That's a huge financial investment as well. It was absolutely worth it, and I don't regret a single moment of that. But it's tough.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not just a huge money commitment. It's also a huge time commitment. And I mean, and time zone, right? Like that's going to affect your work. Um, I know it's nice right now that a lot of people are able to work from home, which is great. gives you that flexibility, but that's obviously going to change your, you know, how, how you do work, right? Maybe your hours of waking and how you interact. Um, Not everyone though, you know, dates someone out of the country. There's definitely people that maybe date someone a few hours away in a different city, But I think the same logistics supply—you gotta still find time. It's still gonna cost money, whether it be gas or an airplane ticket. You know, it it still takes some effort there. Um, was he your first long-distance relationship, or did you have more?
1: Yeah, he's—he's the only relationship that I can really say was a long-distance relationship. Um. Yeah. He was my first, uh, who knows whether or not it'll be my last. I have no idea. You know, I'm obviously clearly not looking for anything for the very foresee- <laughs> foreseeable future. Um, but you know, I, I'm not going to say that I'm totally opposed to it sometime off in the future when I feel like I'm ready again. Um, like I said, it's not all negative. There are positives to it as well.
0: Yeah. I know one thing, um, when it comes to long distance, like, there's that saying that, you know, it sometimes takes like three to six months before you really get to know someone, maybe usually like the six month mark before you know someone. So if you're seeing them only maybe periodically, that could extend the amount of time that you really might actually know someone, right? Let's say that doubles that to a year because your interactions are less frequent. And I think for some people that can be scary because it's like, how much do I really know this person? Um, which is what I think is the root cause for some of those anxiety worries. Like, are they cheating on me? Do I really know them? Are they living a dual life? Like, I don't know what's going on. Right. There is that risk that you're taking, um, with long distance relationships. But I will say, like, I agree with you. I think if both people meet each other and they connect, the world's too small. Give it a shot. Right. Like the bare world's too small, especially, you know, it's give it a shot. Right. I think it's worth it. Um, I haven't been in any long distance relationship. Well, maybe one. I don't know if I want to count that one though, but <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah. It, and it's, it, it turned out he was cheating on me the entire time, which is awesome. Yeah. A couple things that come up a lot with long distance relationships, and that is because of the fact that there's distance, because of the fact you're not able to see each other, um, that tends to lean into having a lot more of long distance relationships that are open. So, um, was that something that was a part of your relationship and, you know, is, if so, how did that work for you?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, we were, we were open from the beginning and, uh, most of my relationships, uh, were, I've been open. Um, I think when I was really young, they weren't, but I, as I got a little bit older and a little bit more, uh, experience under my belt with relationships, um, I, I prefer open personally, um. Which obviously comes with its own complications, but in the sense of this type of relationship, you know, it, when he's four thousand miles away and we, if we're lucky, we see each other every two months. I'm not going to ask somebody to sit around and wait. It, it, look, I, I, I feel like even in normal relationships, I don't think I can fulfill everybody's needs a hundred percent of the time, sexually or otherwise. And especially in a long distance relationship, I'm not going to ask somebody to wait around for two months and, you know, not explore what's out there. Um, I just think that that's an unfair imposition to ask somebody. Um, yeah. So we were open from the beginning.
0: I think it just adds an extra layer of complexity because, you know, I've talked with other people about open relationships and, um, You know, there's already, even if they're local, like that fear of like being cheated on and some of those same issues that you just talked about a minute ago. Um, But it adds that extra layer, you know, because you're not, you don't see them and they're doing whatever. Right. So there's that. Definitely you have to put a lot of faith and trust in that person. So I can definitely see how communication, as you were mentioning before, would be pretty essential so you said communication was how you were able to make it work up to that four years. Um, what what are some tips and ways that you were able to use communication? So like how did you make that work? Did you have like set times that you talked or how did you do that?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, we definitely had some, I wouldn't say, I mean, pretty loose. They're not even rules, just, you know we we found that our particular cadence that worked the best for us was um well we texted all the time. Um we're always sending our, our you know each other little little things. Um but we would typically call once a day. I think we went like two and a half years before we missed a day of calling each other. Um so we met at a TBRU in twenty eighteen. Um by the end of it I had to go to uh Santa Monica. Um, and I think, like, from the time that I got to Santa Monica to, like, maybe middle of 2020, well, there he did go to Burning Man for, like, nine days <laughs> in 2019, and I didn't really talk to him. Um, but, yeah, other than that, like, we, we talked almost every single day on the phone. Um, I would say, a, really, and this is more intuitive than anything, is you just have to find a cadence that works best for you. Maybe that's constant communication. Maybe it's, you know, I don't know, occasional communication. Um, I would recommend trying to talk to each other at least every other day if you can. If you're really serious about the relationship and this is not like, oh, we're just testing things out. Um Because you're not with each other, you need to have some kind of consistent communication. Um, You need to have some kind of consistent check-in just to make sure that the other person is doing okay. Um, but yeah, I mean... You know, it's it's up to each individual couple to kind of decide that. But um I would say more is usually better.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. Um And I like what you said, the, the cadence. That works best for you. you Not know, just because two people talk every day, maybe you need to talk every other day. That works best for your schedule. But whatever works, right, where either party doesn't feel left out, I think would make the most sense. They both feel like they can stay informed and they know what's going on about the other person. Um, when it comes to long distance relationships, there's a lot of stigmas against it. Obviously we talked about that. Like there's the issue of, you know, trust, but also like, is it serious? Where is it going? How are your friends and people around you uh, reacting to the fact that you were dating someone in a different country? It's like, did they take it seriously? Like what were some of the comments or feedback or, you know, what were the impressions or things that you dealt with to sort of prove like, no, 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 this is a real thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say that in the beginning, obviously, you know, there were quite a few people that are like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Like, this is this is absolutely this is doomed. This is destined for failure. Um, I think that a lot of people's minds changed when they were around us. Um and they saw just how much love and respect we had for each other and just how special that particular relationship was, Um, how much we meant to each other, how much we were invested in each other. Um, You know, I, I, I definitely had friends that were like, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. And then, you know, eventually when it didn't, you know, I got to say, oh, I was right. See, I'm like, no, you weren't right. You weren't right in that because I was together for four years, and I, I truly think that if COVID hadn't happened and some other stuff in his life that I won't not touch on, but you know, out of every respect for him, but he went through a fair bit of life changing stuff, and um, he needed to sort of get himself in order. And unfortunately, the the thing that just didn't fit, at least you know for now or whatever is is us, um, but. I definitely experienced a fair bit of stigma, especially in the beginning. A lot of people that said that that wasn't a real relationship, it was silly, um, that, you know, I was trying to live some kind of fantasy. Um, but you know, I, I advise you to try a long distance relationship and then, and then see, you know, uh, I think, I don't think a single person that said any of that to me had ever been in a long distance relationship or they had been in maybe one that was like, they lived in a different city or, you know, just across the border in a different state. It was very different. Um, you know, when, when two people click, like we did and found each other and there was that very special bond that like is very rare to find, um, you fight for that, regardless of distance, regardless of anything. If you find something that, that is that unique and that special, especially in our community, which is known for many people being serial monogamous, many people not taking relationships seriously, um, you fight for that. And then I did.
0: Was there ever any plans to make it no longer a long distance relationship? So for me... I, people have asked me this question before, like, hey, Andre, would you ever go in a long-distance relationship? Um, my answer is yeah, right? Like you said, if if I like someone, I'm going to give it a go. You know, the bare world's too small not to. But I, I would say, you know, if it's going really well, I mean, especially for you, you were at four years almost. Like, was there an end in sight? And what I mean by that is like, you know, hey, at this point, I don't want it to be a long-distance anymore. I want to either live together or start a life together. Or you know, be closer. Um, yes, it's going to take sacrifice on one person's part to uh, move their life. Um, you know that's a lot, but was that something that you s- saw happening?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, and we tried several different things over the course of our relationship to try to f- to move closer to figure that out. When we first met, he uh, had mentioned that he was thinking of moving to the like Santa Monica, Venice beach area, but, um, attack situations are super complicated in the UK before somebody tries to move to the U S and even doubly. So if they do, um, so that was a huge prohibitive issue. Um, I was looking for different ways through my job to get it like a sponsored visa. Um, I actually went to, uh, Dublin in 2019, I believe yeah, 2019, um, trying to see if I could figure out a way to, to transfer. And unfortunately it didn't work. Um, but yeah. And, and at the end, you know, when we were having our conversation about, you know, that this wasn't going to work right now, at least, uh, that was something that came up, you know, on, on his part was that he just felt like it was, I was spending too much money to come see him that, um, He just wasn't sure that he could continue doing something like that. And, and fair enough, you know, we, we always knew that there was that possibility, right? It doesn't mean that it didn't hurt to hear, but I understood why he said it and where he was coming from with it. Um, Long distance is extremely difficult. um, Even when it's healthy, like ours was, um, you know, and I think anybody in a long-term or long distance relationship wants to try to figure out how to get closer. You know, I, I don't, I'm not going to say that a permanent long distance situation can't work. Um, there's a couple in Dallas. I know that uh, they were together for, I don't know, maybe 10 years or something. One lived in Canada, one lived in Texas uh, and they got married. You know, they made that work for a really long time. Now, of course, getting to Canada is a little easier than flying across an ocean to the UK, but still, you know,
0: I know exactly who you're talking about. (laughs) I'm sure they will too, if they see this episode. Um, And they're very happy. You're right. They made it work. Um, But that couple and yours, I think have something unique where I think this is maybe why it worked longer for both of you was that you met first in person, then you tried the long distance relationship. So you already met in person, there was a connection, there was some like authenticity with meeting face-to-face. I think the majority of the time, especially with apps and with social media, we're running into situations where guys will sort of fall for someone via texting, via, you know, like they they're meeting online first, then deciding if they want to get into, you know, a uh, possible relationship. We saw that with another friend who met with another guy in a different city and it was a very different situation than they had possibly thought of based on how things were going in texting.
1: Yeah. There was was definitely definitely a little bit of um, misrepresentation there. I would say. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I think that meeting in person first made a world of difference because you're not, you're not falling in love with a persona that somebody's concocted, uh, online. You're falling in love with somebody in person. Um, and I think that that makes a huge difference. And, and I would agree for the the other couple we were talking about. Um, you know, I think that's why they made it. Um, so yeah. And then, you know, there's, there's a, different UK and uh, US couple, (laughs) funny enough, we just hung out with them. Uh, They figured out how to make it work as well. So, you know, it absolutely can work. It just takes communication. It takes effort. It takes work. um, It takes commitment. And it takes a lot of love to be able to do that. But it's not an insurmountable thing.
0: Not at all. Um, Another happy example is A good friend of mine uh, lived in Arizona. He was like one of my best friends here. He's still one of my close friends. Um, Almost a year ago, uh, he actually, no, about a year ago, he decided to meet someone that he was kind of on and off with talking. They had not met in person and they met and it was a success. It wasn't a misrepresentation. And he realized, you know what? I want to try this out in person. And they both were committed and now they're happily together for over a year. I'm like, congrats. It's going really well. They're in Texas. I'm really happy for them. And I like what you're you know you're saying. It sounds like a lot of your themes here is um it takes a lot of commitment on both parts, right? I think if you're finding that you're not getting the same type of um, support back, I think that could be a red flag, right? So let's talk about that. What are some red flags that you, maybe should watch out for when it comes to long distance relationships?
1: That's a really good question. Um, I think the red flags are going to be harder to predict and harder to see coming sometimes. Uh, you know, like your typical sort of love bombing type of thing that's usually done in person, but it can definitely be done, uh, in a long distance relationship as well. Um, I think that if somebody is sort of withholding communication, you know, I'm not going to talk to you until you blah, 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 that kind of thing. Um, That's a big red flag because it's so imperative that the healthy, open, vulnerable, honest communication is at the forefront of the relationship, that if somebody is going to withhold that, it's kind of the same toxicity in my mind as withholding sex or something, you know, Um I think that those are those are definitely big ones. Anything that anything that feels suspicious about the way that they're communicating, um, if it seems you know really erratic, that that's usually a sign that they're probably that way in person too. Um, anybody that is very that seems kind of like suspicious or jealous that that's not going to work. Jealous people, I don't think, can successfully do long distance relationships. In my opinion. Um, I'm sure there's probably someone out there that did, but, um, I think that's probably not going to work in your favor. If you're somebody that like, is a very possessive type of person over your significant other. Um, I would say those are my main ones to look out for. Obviously there's, you know, there's tons more and more than I can come up with in this, in this short time we have together, but, um, I think all of the classic ones and then anything that's, uh, Serious communicative issues, those are the ones to look out for, in my opinion.
0: Recently, on Valentine's Day, I watched The Tinder Swindler. <laughs> Do you recommend it on Netflix? I don't work for Netflix, but I'm shouting it out there. And it's about a guy who is on Tinder, and he basically has long-distance relationship with women, with multiple women, and he basically steals from them. So he convinces them that he's in need, takes all their money. He looks like he's rich, so they don't have a problem giving him money because it looks like a loan and, you know, he should be able to pay it back. They get swindled. That's the point. Um, but I think some of the red flags I picked up from that that I just kind of want to add was, you know, there was a constant sense of, like, like, like danger or mystery around what this person did. So there was, like, Some people might find that intriguing, but I think if you really can't like basic questions, right? Like what does this person do for work? You really can't answer that after hanging out with them a few times. That's kind of weird, right? If following your gut too, like if there's something that just seems off or maybe too good to be true, just, you know, just follow your instincts on that. Um, and then, you know, don't, uh, you know, don't, um, be so quick to maybe like if someone's asking you for a lot, you know, whether it be a lot of money or a huge commitment, but you're not seeing it put back in on the other side, I think that's another red flag too because like you keep saying, Jake, it definitely takes two to really be on the same page to make it work, even for as long as you've made it work with your relationship. A um, couple more things. Uh, what would be um, any advice that you would give to a new couple that just matter maybe, you know, Trying out a long distance relationship.
1: Just be open to actually investing into it. Don't, don't, don't do it if you're just thinking of like dipping your toe in, um, because that's really unfair to the other person. Um, make sure that it's something a that you can do because I don't think that it's for everybody. Um, be do it with your whole heart, fully invest, be open, be vulnerable. Yeah, it's gonna hurt, but. It's I mean, when I think about my relationship, it was the most transformative, like life changing, life affirming relationship that I could have ever had. Um, I had a, a completely direction, a completely different direction in my life. Th- uh, before I met him, a different trajectory than afterwards. I mean, it, I kind of did like a, a whole 180 after beating him. And if I had let myself just go, I don't know, mm, it's gonna be hard, I'm not sure. You know, I wouldn't be here sitting with you right now, honestly. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be successful. I would still be miserable in a city that I hated. Um, I trusted the process. I trusted that this was going to work. I believed it with my whole being, and I just knew it. And I think for new couples, you really need to make sure that you've met somebody that stirs those kinds of feelings in you. If this feels like, Oh, this could be a six month thing. This could be a fling. You know, I th- honestly think don't, don't do it. Just, just don't do it. You, it's got to be with somebody that you feel like is that level of, of um. I don't like the, the term soulmate, but like that can do that for you or that you could do that for them. Right. Um, and, and that was that's my overarching sort of statement for this is that you cannot be scared when it comes to love because you're gonna miss out on things you're just gonna miss out on those experiences that you would have never had i I would I'd never have believed that I'd be where I'm at now and if I had listened to what everybody else said oh, oh that's stupid what are you doing what are you getting yourself into I my whole life would be different and, and not, not for the better. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. I think anything worth doing is hard. I, I got to remember myself that sometimes too. Like anything worth doing is hard. I do like what you brought up. Um, I had a friend recently tell me that they might move to a different city. They just recently sort of got in a relationship with someone that's fairly new. And they're getting a new um, job that might move them down to a different city for an extended period of time, and I was like, "Oh, well, you know, how's that going to work with your boyfriend? Are you guys going to make it work?" And he was like, "I don't know. Like, he doesn't sure if he was if he's into him that much. Sadly, to want to continue the relationship, but I think that's good to know, and that that's okay. I think what makes you more of an asshole and what makes it worse is." leading that person on to think that it's going places and that you care. You know, if like someone told me, hey, like, I really like you. I want to make this work. I'm going to believe them and say, yeah, okay, cool. Let's make this work. I don't want to put in a bunch of effort and time. If they're really not feeling it, I'd rather just end it, let them move on with their life and that's fine. Um, But yeah, anything that's worth doing is, is going to be hard. And, and don't forget, like, yes, you know, we're talking about, gay community and stuff like that, where, you know, yes, we have a smaller population, but we see it in the straight community too. Right. Like how many times have you seen, you know, soldiers and their girlfriends waiting at home or, you know, just especially nowadays too, like people from all over the country meeting on the internet, not just, you know, gay apps, but, you know, match.com or whatever. Right. Like it's happening more and more these days as the world's becoming more interconnected. So I think, you know, ask yourself, are you a person that can do this? Like you said earlier, it does take a lot of trust and openness. If you're someone that can't do that, then okay, maybe it isn't for you, but you're going to have to just kind of grow up, be mature, you know, and trust the process. And if it's worth doing, then it could lead to many open doors. Um, My first Experience wasn't great. Like I said, this person was cheating on me a whole bunch and people were messaging me like, oh yeah, this dude was here and there. Fine. <laughs> but it could also be the opposite, right? We get to see parts of the world, learn new cultures, learn new lifestyles, learn new things. Um, I wouldn't count or discount your relationship even though it's no longer in that form a waste. you know? Like you said, I think it's definitely been a learning experience and you're going to take that into your next relationship which may or may not be long distance again. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that's good. I think that's, uh, the positive way to to handle it for sure. Um, any closing or final thoughts on long distance relationships that you want to get out there, anything you want to maybe see for the future, any piece of advice?
1: I mean, I feel like I've, I've touched on, on most of what I wanted to say, you know, um, My, like I said, my, my big overarching point is don't be scared. If you think you can handle it, fucking try it. Like go for it. Yeah. It's probably going to hurt and it really sucks to not be able to be with that person all of the time, but there it's not all negative. That's not all drawbacks. There's definitely positives to be had for it. it. It just, it's not as scary as you think. I think a lot of people build up in their head that it's going to be all of this work with so little payoff. And I mean, I could tell you that my relationship was like all payoff. (laughs) Like, yeah, I invested into this, but you know, the payout was like completely life changing for me and other people can have those opportunities too. Um, But yeah, you know, our community is small. I think limiting yourself to your city or your state, I mean, if that's what you want, I mean, I guess, okay, you know, um, stand firm in that. But if if you even think like maybe, maybe I should, maybe I can, maybe I should try, do it. You're you have nothing to lose.
0: Yeah, I agree. And kind of like what you were saying, if you are putting a bunch of work into it, not getting the benefits, that's maybe a red flag too. Um, you know, if you're in California and you're in a more maybe densely gay populated area or Texas. New York, right? Chicago, you probably might have a better chance finding someone in your home state. Um, But think about people like, you know, Wyoming, right? Um, Even Arizona, like there's not as many younger people um, that, or single people, a lot of retirees out here, right? So there's, it just really depends on your area. And I think that, um, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with giving it a shot. So, well, thank you so much, Jake, for talking to me about long distance relationships. I, I really, really appreciate it. I know this is something that you've gone through that we've talked about in private, and I hope that this has helped you sort of, you know, get that weight off your shoulders talking about some of this stuff. And I hope that those listening have found some inspiration, um, to this, or maybe you've talked about it before with your friends. Um, but again, thank you so much. Um, and so that, everyone, concludes another episode of The Bear Shares Show. Thank you so much again for taking the time out to listen and or watch the episode. Um, you can find The Bear Shares Show on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, or pretty much anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And then you can also watch this particular video on YouTube or The Bear Shares Show Facebook webpage. Um, you'll be able to find it there as well and watch it. So thank you so much, everybody. Um, I really, really appreciate it. And until next time. Thank you.